For some of you, it's your first time. For others, it is not. But for today, I would like to welcome you all to Epic Realms. and villains, friends and enemies, welcome to Epic Realms. Today, my guest is a game designer with Fight in the Box. He's all over the place in the convention scene. He's all over the place on social media, and he's made all kinds of amazingly fun games and one of the best personalities that I've met out there. Yes, the yes you. The person right behind him is not the person I'm talking about, <laughs> but the person in front of me that you guys are listening to is Seppi Yoon. Welcome to the show. Whoa, my gosh, Nick, that's that's so much. Thank you so much. Did I, I just do blow appreciate your mind? It. Yeah, it <laughs> does. I don't like, I've been doing like games full time since 2013 and it still hasn't sunk in. Like, I mean, I think all of us are still recovering from 2020. Like it's two years later, but yeah, no, for me. Wait, it's two years later? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's exactly the feeling that I have. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, and now I'm like, 2013 we're coming up on a, a decade next year will be a decade, a decade of fight in a box that's crazy that that's is crazy. crazy and that's awesome what was the first game you guys did um officially it's squirrel or die okay. we did 1200 of those over a three-year period i handcrafted by handcrafted i meant i fed wood planks into a laser machine and then scrubbed the fire off i made 1200 squirrel or dies uh that i went to conventions and sold like Girl Scout cookies so I could go to the next convention. That was the first game. So you say officially, I, unofficially, would it be something else? I, I've been writing games for a long time. Uh, but before Fight in a Box, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've been writing games for a long time. I'm writing, yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing games? All, you know, all, uh, all like, did you work for other publishing companies? Publishing games is 2013. Okay. But I've probably been writing. Like I've been writing the first serious game I, I, I wanted to write was on my Atari 1300. Uh, I think that's what it was. Um, it was the fancy one uh, that after all the other ones, uh, it was competitor for car wars that I wanted to write. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, you know, when game serious games had charts in them, Nick. Right. Lots, lots <laughs> of charts. No, I, I remember car wars. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, uh, <laughs> actually, it wasn't Car Wars. It was something else that had all these. Every <laughs> game designer of a certain age uh, has tried to uh, make their version of Car Wars. It's true. It's That's the true. thing. The it's current a one is Gaslands, isn't it? Isn't the current no, one? No, Gaslands is good. Gaslands is good. Uh, and if you've gotten to play um, locally, Jeff Tidbull is one of us locally. Yeah, we have had, had, had he, Jeff on. Yeah, no, Grav Strike. Is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Grab Strike is legit, and um, yeah, it definitely scratches that itch as well. Yeah, you were talking about doing the stuff on the Atari. Um, did, did games and stuff kind of 
distract you from real life or how were you in school stuff like um that? I, you know like how sad do we want to get nick like uh i was gay and asian uh in the 80s in detroit those were bad th- 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 those were not things that were <laughs> that went well together right right <laughs> so uh i found games uplifting like um i think i just wanted to start writing games uh because I would even play them by myself. I cannot tell you how many games of Monopoly I played solo between the ages of five and 10. Wow. I told you that's some dark and sad stuff. How do you, how do you, <laughs> so do you get angry at yourself? Or are you like at the end of Monopoly playing against yourself? You're like, screw you, me. I just cheated. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I was, I was a weird kid and, and, you know, we played a lot of chess and there's chess books and solo chess. You play against yourself. I'm like, why not just play Monopoly against yourself? And so they, yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was a terrible game then. It was a terrible idea. I did it anyway. <laughs> when did you leave? When did you leave Detroit? Uh, I left Detroit in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Were you still, yeah. were you still doing Doing like school? Were you kid still, or were you? Uh, no, no, no. Um, uh, I uh, after college, I was in the military. Uh, okay. I was in naval nuclear power. Uh, yeah, and so I left it uh, to go to Orlando. Uh, one of the worst mistakes of my life was to do boot camp uh, in Chicago in its coldest winter. <laughs> yeah, that was that was bad. Was bad and and now you're in Minnesota. Bad. Yeah, no, and then I got, I, I did get, I know, I do love, I do love the cold. Uh, I did not know it then. I, yeah, I got kicked out for Don't Ask, Don't Tell okay. from the Navy. Like, I like every gay stereotype of an age, I, I practically lived. Well, and I mean, luckily you have board games to fall back on and a gaming community. And Well, but between naval nuclear power and board games, I spent a lot of time making software for people. So. Okay. I was an adult for a period of time in the 90s to like 2013. Like, it's like a 20 year period or somewhere in there, like less than 20 year period where I was an adult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's not I'm posted. A... I'm posted adult now, Nick. Right. Post well, adult now. I'm I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. We're having fun. That's the core of being a kid, isn't it? No. No. no I think. I don't, I do not think that's the core. No. Being, uh, like what kind of childhood did you have? Nick? I had, like, I, I had want a, your childhood. I had a fun, I had a fun childhood, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> did I not give like the statistics? Like, the, 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 you know, well, you're just doing it out of order. That's all you're, you're doing. Uh, now I, you get to do all the fun stuff. I think you are 100% correct. There I think you, yes, I think I was doing it out of order and yeah, now I'm, I'm doing the fun stuff. So mm-hmm. we taught you, you were played. Monopoly and chess growing up and those were Dungeons and Dragons early. I D&D, like okay. Yeah, no. Um, I, I gotta ask the Shaw, you. The Shaw, oh yes, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. The Shaw brothers made uh Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. Um and Kung Fu Theater was a major influence on my life. And I've told the story quite a few times, but short end of the story is uh my brothers who are older than me, they were teens when I was playing this stuff, right? But uh I would play my my parents would inflict young me on them to play Dungeons and Dragons. And if I was about to die, I would go crying. And they're like, you can't kill your brother. That's a rule. And so my brother, being a fan of Monty Python, would take a limb every time I did something stupid. (laughs) 
and I did a lot of stupid things. And I loved monks. I was going to play a monk every time. I punched, I punched so many gelatinous cubes, so many traps. I, yeah. So at the end of the like the a lot of series, he, I would be like just you know have no limbs, and my other brother would throw me at the bad guys. And eventually, uh, I would have to kill my own character off, which was my uh, my brother's goal. Oh, well, that's that's. He's a lawyer now. This all makes sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Question: this is I Dark ask... places, Nick. I'm sorry. This is like dark. Places. I gotta. I gotta ask everybody: Do you prefer uh -huh. to be a GM or a player? Um, historically, I've been a GM. I mean, yeah. Yeah, historically i've been a gm i'm the filler gm guy the guy who always has a story okay traditionally that's the person that i had been in my gaming group growing up but uh since then now i'd write these epics with massive amounts of prep time and so the one i get to play occasionally and i do love it um yeah i mean i write board games but if you know if you uh put a gun to my head and said what kind of gamer are you I might say role player, like as oh. my as my core, nice. like my core person. Yeah, okay. I'm on a I'm on a weekly podcast where I'm a uh, an elf uh, named Pyrex Starfinder. All right, what's the he's from? He, drop he's us from the, the drop us the podcast. Let's play oh it. yeah, it's D six generations uh, uh, role eight, uh, role play eight charisma. Okay. You betcha. And you so bet. he comes from the, yeah, he comes from the Northern Temple and he might be a little ambiguous or a little socially confused, uh, but, oh yeah, the things he does is super. He makes every sure, sure that everybody feels the power of the Nord. So, yeah, so that's, <laughs> I love Pyrex Star. I love being Pyrex. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh God, that's entertaining. That's hilarious. Oh, no, I do. I would, I would recommend it. Like Pyrex is his own terrible animal i i do yeah so i do get to play i do love it so do you still uh, play a lot of monks uh i haven't gotten to but in the campaigns that i write i always like there's always sort of a like a side story massive arc that can happen with people who are unarmed fighters and so forth and whatnot. I, I write monks into the sort of seedy underbelly of the worlds that i create because one of the greatest uh martial arts masterpieces of all time is called the five deadly venoms okay have you seen this movie Nick? i haven't okay don't it's, judge me don't judge me i feel like you might maybe you need to try go, go see this movie maybe i'm just too old like whatever it is but there are like there are a few martial arts movies from the shaw uh period okay that I feel like everybody needs to see and uh, Shaolin, Ex uh, Shaolin Executioners is one that's Crane versus Tiger. If people remember that the 36 Chambers of Kung Fu and the, the five deadly venoms. These are the three movies. Like if you if you had to like uh, distill what Run Run Shaw did for the world into three movies, um, that might be it. There's also come drink with me i think it's the right title that's like badass martial arts ladies there's okay. that can be added for uh for representation's sake i would might i might include that as well the badass martial arts lady starts there but those three movies in particular uh yeah and that's why i had so many monks without limbs <laughs>
Were you like trying to impersonate what they were doing and just realize that it doesn't work in, in the system? You know, it's weird. Like a monk, like obviously Gary Gaiax and, and, and Dave Arneson, they they were like, they're, they're swimming in the same sea of stimulus that I had. And they were like, yeah, people need to be able to just, you know, five finger death punch some things <laughs> just, just gotta punch a terrasse yeah i you know i need to punch a dragon right and um yeah and so they and and like as an asian kid growing up seeing asian heroes there were only a few places that you could see them on the regular and right yeah and so the shaw brothers had entire stories about asian people doing asian stuff to uh, to each other Right. And so forth and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and they were much better than things like American Ninja and Jim oh, Cotta. I loved American Ninja, especially where <laughs> like the like the 20th one where they take the two guys that were different actors. They put them together in the same movie. That's like the best of the American Ninjas. <laughs> oh. There was also a buddy of mine growing up um, had all of the martial arts uh comic books and we were obsessed with these the jade man they were tra they were translated into uh to english the jade man comics uh they were pretty fantastic some of those stories were uh insane and uh, i think a lot uh people don't realize how much they influenced like some of the storytelling effects of anime right right yeah the stuff like that gotta love anime so. too though I do. I do love anime. Uh, my goal in life, no bullshit, is uh, to live long enough to see the end of One Piece. I have been watching that so long. <laughs> you, you think it's going to happen? No, I think I'm going to die. It's really sad. Like, I'm like, ah, I want, I'll, that'll be like the last thing I say on my deathbed is, but he was going to be king of the pirates. And, uh, and then I will be, <laughs> I will expire. It'll be so sad. Uh, so let's shift gears and talk about some of your games. Mm. Let's let's let, let's start off with. Oh the my god, you're a good host. Like, like I've gone like multiple media outlets and uh, dodge talking about my games again and again. Thank you for getting me on topic and on something relevant. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I want to talk about let, let's let's talk about the squirrel or die. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah, squirrel or die. Seven minutes. Tell us. Do you have? Tell us about the game. Do you have the mental rigors to survive winter as a squirrel in the world's most dangerous backyard? I don't know. Yeah, but tell me. You more. Won't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's one. It's our first small box games. We have three small box games, and we'll get to the other ones. But it basically is combat memory. And people think memory is something that you have, but memory is like any other skill. You can you can use it you can improve it and it's actually easier than you think first of all you need to understand nick that the average human brain yours is probably exceptional but the average human brain can only keep track of four disparate things at a time three now that i've given you that useless statistic okay so uh, <laughs> it is very important so that you're like okay you know in a game that's based on uh memory and you have more than four things to track like how do you do that and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of tricks and tips for that um, that you can do. You can do heat maps. You can do memory palaces. I recommend just a rule. Uh, and rules are really simple. Like if I was playing with you, Nick, 
you're lovely. I'll put lovely things by you. Uh, that's a rule. That's easy to remember. Uh, I'm a monster. I'd put monstrous things by myself. And then I would know that this area by me is dangerous. That area by you is is safer. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So that's the essence. It it explores the mechanics, game mechanics wise, of place and memory. Okay. So yeah, there's a little bit of bluffing in there. There's a little something, but yeah, it's simple. And what Seven is the minutes? What is the really goal? Exists. Last squirrel game. standing. At the end of this, Nick, one of us will be a squirrel, and the rest of us will be fighting evil in Squirrel Hala. Oh. <laughs> Because they die. Because it's squirrel or die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they gotcha, died. I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> Doesn't say that in the copy of the game, but I think it every time I play. Well, that's uh, the kind of the fun thing about witness a lot of, me. Okay, what? that's a fun thing about a lot of not not just game designers, but people that do the you know they go to conventions and go to tables and they demo them because you know there's little tidbits that they kind of learn to to like sell it or to, to explain things or to kind of make it a little bit more fun. And that's kind of one of those little behind the scene things that you get. Like um, I'm assuming you've played flapjacks and Sasquatches. Yes. Yeah. A lot you know, of flapjacks. When you, and when you play, I'm terrible at flapjacks and Sasquatches. When you get the, uh, what is it? The Swedish, the Swedish, uh a Swedish knife or whatever, the right. Swedish ax. Yeah. And you know, the, it doesn't say in the rules, but every time you play it, you've got to go bork, bork, bork. Or do work, bork, bork. Right? Or so, I mean, bork. that's one of those things mm -hmm. that, you know, like you said, like, it's not in there, but, you know, it's you, in there. you think it every time. It's in there. Uh, so, yeah, Squirrel and I has two versions. The uh, original version is this woodcrafted Etsy uh, awesomeness. Um, and then it has the full illustrated card version, which is the three and a half, uh, inch square cards, which we use for all our small box games. Yeah. And were your small it's box great. games intended to be like a, you know, I'm going on a trip and I don't have a lot of room. Shove yeah. The backpack box. games are a lot of, yeah, they have great table presence. Uh, yeah, you need a bit of a table to play, um, hedgehog cop, but they travel really easy and you, you get a lot of game for not a lot of money um, right. in the travel series. So yeah. Uh, Squirrel Die, super fun. It is, it is, we've sold so many copies and continue to sell so many copies. It was featured in the Star Tribune's uh, like gift guide, not last year, but the year before. Nice. Um, and those people keep on coming back. Like it's great. Uh, yeah, no, Squirrel Die is a great entry level game to play with people. It's good for gamers. It's good for non-gamers. Yeah, you can even play classic memory with it. Okay. Yeah, it's great. So let's let's talk about the other little small box games. You mentioned Hedgehog Hop. Hedgehog Hop, which so is uh, one of the times where I really you were demoing Hedgehog Hop. I think I had we'd run across and been introduced a couple of times, but that was the first time I really got to know you. Was I was helping out at a convention and you were demoing Hedgehog Hop. I uh, think it's the first time anybody's really gotten to know me because that is the most autobiographical game that I've written. Oh, really? I don't know. I say that all the time. <laughs> so, because uh, you're a hedgehog, plays, I don't know. What uh, yeah, no, it, there's four day. I think it's because of the four dance types. Uh, in Hedgehog Cop, um, we're going to explore place and combos. And so you are rival hedgehog dance crews uh, trying for, uh, for supremacy in uh, the grand finale. And so what you do is you drop down uh a hedgehog from your dance crew and they have to follow the arrow and then push into the dance mob and once they push in the dance mob you see if they make friends with any of their neighbors 
And if they do, then you get a backup dancer. And then at the end of the game, uh, the hedgehog you did not play is your lead dancer in the grand finale. And you look at how the dance mob is set up and you score points based on how that looks and how that's associated with your lead dancer. It's it's great. Um, it's silly it, and it, fun and ridiculous. And did I mention fun? <laughs> yeah, it's also a little smarter than you think it's going to be. Uh, right. People think it's going to be... Yeah, no, that that's the that's the like, hey, you made me use my brain. No, it yeah, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of brain melt and hop. Squirrel right. or die, people can just play luck if they want to. Um hop, you can, but you're not gonna win. Uh yeah. And then, but that doesn't compare to the brain melt of our third game. Cause they 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 intentionally go up in difficulty. Right. Um, and that's mouse cheese cat cucumber. Which I don't know. Did I get that? Did I get the name? Did I get the order correct? No, you got it wrong. You got it so wrong. <laughs> I was like, everybody I, wants I, to I, put the... At least I had the right four words. I didn't yes, like throw did. in like BMW. Everybody, in. everybody likes to move the cat around somewhere. Uh, the cat wanders. Everybody knows it starts with mm, mouse. And then, then it, yeah. Well, in it's, my it's mind, I was like, okay, well, it's got to be following a thing. I was like, well, maybe it's cheese first because the mouse eats the cheese. The cheese eats, oh, sorry, that's the pile <laughs> dairy of the farmer and the Dell. But that's kind of what I was thinking when I, when I, when I was listing no, it up on the TikTok promotion. And then no, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I got this wrong, but that's the, no, it's, at least. You can, yeah. Like one of the things that I learned early after publishing games and uh, like, Kids will get a hold of your game and they could not care about the rules that you intended. They will immediately start writing their own rules to this. And that's glorious. Like let them, that's how new uh, game designers come into the world. Right. Like I can do this better than this Yabo. And I'm like, oh, but I'm not Yabo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Mouse Cheese is uh, Hidden Rolls Maze Builder. So um, one of us, well, invariably, everybody's one of our main characters. The mouse wants to do what, Nick? Eat the cheese. Yes. Uh, the cat wants to? Eat the cucumber. No, I'm just kidding. Eat the mouse. Yeah. The cheese wants to? Not get mold? Wants nobody to get eaten because oh. it is neutral. It is Swiss. Oh. <laughs> nice. And what do we know about cucumbers? We know cucumbers are inherently evil and uh, they want them all to be trapped together eating each other. Okay. Including so it plays about 15 minutes. It's hidden roles. There's secret powers. You're trying to build the mages, connect the people. It will melt your brain. So now, what I did know not... what roles they're playing in this game? It's hidden roles. They're roll cards. Everybody's secretly. Okay. And unlike like normal hidden roles games you're just not just yelling at people you're sus you did this thing every play the person has to sort of weigh whether or not they want to give away who they are versus okay uh for the agenda of that individual character and the game's interesting because it starts out with pretty much everybody against the mouse so the mouse can't really let anybody know that they are the mouse because turn order is their way and then midways through the game the cat comes out so the cat like the the cheese and the cucumber can't let either of those two win and meanwhile they're they're trying to uh do this little dance and then at the end of the game the cucumber invariably betrays the cheese and uh and, and wins victoriously 
<laughs> the cucumber is the hardest to play. If you're the first time uh, player, uh, the cucumber is pretty brutal to play. Okay. Nice, yeah, nice, and that's your one of your that's your newest game, right? No, yeah, did great on Kickstarter. Um, a lot of local fans, you're local to me, Nick. Uh, yeah, no, every people made that game happen. We are super, super happy about that. It is also, like I've said before, the most overproduced thirteen dollars and fifty cents in the history of gaming. <laughs> it has not one solo mode, not two solo modes, two solo modes, a solo campaign mode that fuses the two of them together in a way. It's also a puzzle. You can actually just assemble it like a puzzle. Wow. There there was a prequel comic strip. Uh, there's an art novella. Uh, and there's a micro RPG for the people who back the Kickstarter all using the game. Wow. And that's $13.50, folks. And how, how hard is it to learn? Uh, really easy to learn, uh, but maybe not the easiest to master. Like, yeah. So you'll get it's, lots of playtime out of a game like Like, that. have you ever played Go? Yes. Okay. You understand Go's rules are simple. Right. Right? Right. Oh, I surrounded all this. Your 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 stones are coming off the board. Yeah. Right. That's it. All I, I all you do is play something down. Mouse cheese, you play something down. Uh the that card affects other cards and affects the characters, and that's it. You just take uh something from the conveyor belt, drop it onto the maze, take something from the go and all you do. Like Hedgehog hop, you take a card from your hand, you drop it down, you push it into the, the mouth. Mouse cheese cat cucumber, you take a card, you hide it in the backyard. Like all of these are very easy to learn the rules, but like the why of your decisions is more complicated. And what about the age? What is there an age category in these games? Um for Roughly? import reasons. Uh, they all say 14 plus. Okay. Uh, but that's just because I, I can't, as a small indie game designer, can't afford all the paperwork that you need, the like that 4000 extra dollars to get all your paperwork so you can be under 14 to, to deliver to Europe. Right. But I would say roughly, Squirrely Dies, eight or up. Okay. You can play younger depending on the kid, but eight or up is really good. They have to be comfortable with the idea that not all the squirrels make it through winter. <laughs> yeah, okay. I suppose. Yeah, no, it's a thing. Uh, uh, Hedgehog Cop, I'd say 11, 12. Okay. And then uh, you should probably have your big boy pants for uh, Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. That's probably 14 up. Okay. So uh, that one's I, accurate. Young... Yeah, that one is accurate. Okay. Uh, that, yeah um it's yeah it's really good those the small box games are really fun uh i would highly recommend them all right let's get to your non-small box games let's talk about end of the line end of the line so now, I, that was our that was our first kickstarter did you play it Nick? i i played it at con of the north oh. the, right away when it came out oh and apparently i had a conversation with my wife and apparently i don't remember a lot about the game and i'm like no I, I remember it was a really good game and i wanted to get it but we just hadn't gotten it and i was like but i remember it and she, i'm like this is the thing and she's like that's not the that's not how the, the game that's not what the game is like, <laughs> what did you think what did you think i thought it was, was like really? a party game i could i could have swore that it was like a party ask you get a bunch of people together and you're all doing this a game the game together 
No. And I guess that's just all board games now that I think about it. So maybe no, it's, <laughs> not. Uh, but I remember the little post- tokens and it was like end of the world or something like that. So no, see, I think you're that's processing. I think you're thinking more processing. Maybe I am. Okay. Well, let's all talk right. about end, end of the line, line first. And then we'll get end of the line. Um, it's out of print. Uh, you can still find copies here and there sneaking around, but um, it's been out of print for about two years now. Um, uh, it's post-apocalyptic family survival. So you have a family, a nuclear family, a dad, mom, boy, girl, and dog, and you are trying to survive the horrors of the apocalypse. Um, and it's not so much a take this game as a uh, take that game as a take this game. Okay. Uh, everything horrible that happens in the game, you have to sort of survive yourself and inflict yourself. Okay. <laughs> so have you, did you ever watch the Vigo Mortensen movie or read the book, The Road? No. Okay, never mind then. That joke will not. Well, the people <laughs> listening, your, the people listening your, might get the joke. They're like, no, people will be horrified if they have. They're like, what the? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> uh, uh, how about Fury Road? How about yeah? The, that movie is fantastic. So yeah, it's like you know Fury Road if it was all families. Okay. Yeah. Or like a Fallout, but with all the families. Yes, 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 yes. It's very, yeah, like it really pokes fun. Like being an 80s kid or 70s kid. And um, we were, con- it wasn't a question of would we all die in a terrible nuclear fireball? It was when are we going to die right. in a terrible, or what does, what does the world look like afterwards? Right. Right. That was, that's, we had all just relegated ourselves to this kind of thing. And this pokes fun of everything in and around there. Yeah. So it's tongue in cheek. It's super dark humor. Like it's pitch black. Okay. <laughs> like it is. So yeah. And you're, and uh, about a third of the time, everybody loses. It's a game where everybody can lose. And so, yeah. But, you know, occasionally one person ekes out one family member and then you're like, uh, but what I love about End of the Line, despite it's super dark or whatever, is every holiday, uh, some of my dear, dear fight fans uh, send me pictures of them playing the game with their family. It's great. Like, <laughs> Are there any plans to re re uh re- put it back out on the market. All right. So um, we tried to kickstart to get a reprint and do the new edition at the beginning of the pandemic. But guess what? People were not excited to hear about the end of the world. At the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it was what? a bad call, Nick. Nick, it was a bad call. What, what do you a mean? Bad, bad call, Nick. <laughs> People don't want to play a... games about real life. Yeah, I'm not a bright man. I'm not a bright man. And so... Uh, yeah, and so that Kickstarter ended up being a little bit short, and we we canceled earlier. Uh, we might have been able to eke it through, right? But I made a couple uh, really bad decisions managing that Kickstarter. Okay, that I think that's on me. I don't think it's the fight fans are fantastic, whatever it is. Uh, but I was going through some stuff in my life too, and blah blah blah. And so uh, I think people should really uh, track us on the fact that every one of our Kickstarters is delivered early on its promise. Right. Uh, all of our games have more gameplay than you could like, you, and they're all smarter than they look. Uh, so yeah, but we love, I love wacky themes and that's probably a problem. <laughs> 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 like the theme 
the theme to game mechanics ratio, like I love an insane theme, but my mechanics are like, shouldn't this have wacky, silly mechanics? No, no, no. This is going to melt your brain. We're going to melt your brain. Right. So, um, yeah. So uh, I'm working on a new version of End of Line uh, called End of Line Self-Checkout. Okay. And I'm hoping to have a version of it ready for Protospiel Minnesota at the end of this month, but we'll see. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the fight fans want one. Um, uh, I wrote it in 2010. I wrote the expansion in 20, also in 2010. So they've been waiting on the expansion. They've even played it at, on the convention circuit. Okay. Um, the game is good, but it is a, a specific, it's for a specific type of gamer. Right, right. <laughs> like a uh, uh, Cards Against Humanity, but not quite that bad. Um, no, no, it's not, it's not as a much sort of like, like, like make ga- a grandma say embarrassing things kind of humor as okay. like, uh, I can't believe like this terrible outcome I inflicted on all these people. I should feel bad about myself. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of that. It's horrible. You do horrible things in that game to each other instead of say horrible things. I guess that's the, the, the the flavor of it all right yeah and but it's got programming in it it's worker placement um there's a lot of strange things about the game it's resource management okay. uh worker placement uh programming and you don't think of that as uh like a cards against humanity is a much lighter kind of you know no there's a lot of mechanics and end of the line all right yep the other game processing processing you remembered processing apparently so yeah i remember the cover i always see the cover i'm like that's a really cool cover every time i I see them like that's really cool that's and it's now processing got destroyed in a different way by the pandemic it had just like gotten its legs underneath it but then um and i was getting ready to go on the circuit and sell the crap out of the the rest of the print run and then suddenly there's very small market for a party-esque game I would say processing is a smarter party game uh, in a, or an area control game, depending on how you play it. Okay. And so um, the only thing you can do in the game is take one of your tokens and put it on one of the spots. That's it. So the mechanics of the game are super elegant. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to say elegant anymore, but they're so very simple. Uh, and why, why can't we say elegant? Um, it, it came out of board game fashion. It, it seems highfalutin and... Oh. Uh, people don't like that anymore. You don't say that anymore. So we need our champagne uh, glasses if we're going to use that word. Is what you're saying? Right. They don't like the idea. Yeah. No. They. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. It's self-inflating. It's like a flex. You don't do that. So, um, <laughs> uh, aliens have conquered the planet. Yes. They have enslaved us all in processing, and you must try to earn your place in the new world order by appeasing your alien bosses, because we were conquered. By the confederated, uh, uh, confederated alien overlords, pronounced cow. And the cows weren't one alien species. They're a multitude of, of alien species. And they all want different things. But one thing that they knew that we all know now after uh, uh, the insurrection and everything else uh, is that we should be conquered <laughs> and managed. 
<laughs> I can't say I disagree, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they conquered or managed. And so they take you, they shove you in a phone booth, and you have three buttons. And the buttons uh, basically are where you're going to tag the boxes with either uh, meat. You're going to turn the contents of the boxes into meat. Uh, probe probe them for science for science Nick for science. for science okay or free them to be citizens in the alien utopia and so uh, inside the boxes are uh, humans or hipsters if you know whichever distinction you care for or bovine life forms cow actual like earth cows and the reason they're together is because the the confederated alien overlords do not distinguish between humans and cows. <laughs> and so you must vote as this conveyor belt of humans and cows goes down uh, and you place your voting tokens and uh, where the icons go line up with uh, the different agendas of the alien overlords. What do the Vigantors want, Nick? You, you wait, say it again. No, uh, the Vegantors. Vegantors. Yes, they're giant vegan robots. What do the vegan robots want? People to not die? Yes, they want people and cows not to die. Okay. They want them all to be set free. Okay. And they will get very upset. I'm not you. used to being asked questions on here. So that's. Uh, no, yeah. No, off. this is an interactive <laughs> thing. So uh, they'll get very upset with you and give you mad cow points. You can die of mad cow in processing. Uh, mad cow points. If humans or hipsters get turned into meat and they're indifferent to probing. Now, I'm going to ask you the next question. Uh-oh. Paying attention. So what do the classy grays, the classic grays, gray aliens want to have happen? I don't know. You do know this. They want to probe everyone. They want people to be probed and they want cows to be turned inside out to turn to meat. So they want. Okay. Hipsters to be probed, and they want cows to be turned into meat, and they get mad if cows get set free. Or no, yeah, if humans get set free, they okay. get mad about this. And so, and and there's there's a lot of aliens who all want different things. And so the the goal is, you know, and everybody has the same number of vote tokens. And so you are sort of wheeling and dealing and seeing how the thing. And you have three alien bosses, and you have to you only score once every in the game. There's three scoring periods, and so you're trying to line yourself up with other players for that scoring period trying to be the best lackey to aliens that you can be. <laughs> it's super fun. It plays super quick. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And I love the cover because it's, it's those who are listening, there's, you know, pictures out there of like when you go into a meat shop where it shows like a pig and they're like, you got the little dotted line, like here's the flank and here's the ribs and here's the this. Or, you know, with a cow, you see the same thing. Like here's the, you know, whatever for the meat. Well, on the cover, it's literally a human being and it's got all those parts dotted off. It is. You got to look close. You got, you don't realize that's going <laughs> on. Until Every time I see closer. it, I laugh. I'm like, that is so, and it's got little aliens and a cow in the background. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Um, it's also like uh, miniature Mart bought a whole bunch of it and then they fire sailed it. And so every time I see it drop below like msrp i tell people go go grab it from miniature mark like go go do that now right right <laughs> it or support your favorite local game store and buy it from them that's better but if you right. if you just need this and then so forth and whatnot um but yeah no it's the, the game's good it's good and i'm pretty sure none of your friends will have this game that they'll make you probe cows for science <laughs> for science 
For science. For science. <laughs> uh, and turn hipsters into meat. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a thing. <laughs> so let's. So I think that's it. And then uh, also, what's coming up down the pipeline? Right. That, I guess that's a yeah. Right. That's yeah. I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask. It's uh, I saw it on your website, and I'm. It's a it's a role playing game. Uh there are a couple of things. Okay. There is the micro RPG that's coming with uh, Mouse Cheese. We're okay. working on that because it's part of the Kickstarter promise. Uh, but also Conquest Princess, which is a co-op. I did not see oh, that yeah, one. Oh, yeah, no. All right. So I've been working on Conquest Princess for more than five years, I guess. It's now, it's the ninth build of this game. And that's not unusual for me. Like processing went through a lot of builds before it ended up sticking. Right. Uh, but this is the ninth build of Princess. I started over nine different times. I mean, started over. But this is the one that has finally lifted off, I think. Okay. Like uh, Mark One was great game, but it took too long. So in Conquest Princess, you use battle fashion to overcome galactic tyranny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. it it's co-op. It's great. It's it, if you get a chance to come out to uh, Protospiel, Minnesota, you'll get a chance to play it. Um, I'm teaming up with our, our illustrator again, Mark Eberhardt, who's the illustrator for Hedgehog Hop and and Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber, and we are going to have glorious space battle fashion, and we are going to uh, blow us uh, up some some bad guys. <laughs> Is it going to be a, but, a, a small game or is it going to be a... a no, it's going to be our biggest box yet. Oh, okay. It's, it is an epic It is an epic story and adventure. Nice. Yeah. So uh, episode. it's episode-wise. Episode one has three uh, three missions in it, and it's a Conquest Princess versus the, the, the Fashion Tyrant. Nice. And so, yeah, Conquest Princess versus the Fashion Tyrant. All it's right. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the, uh, the, the mouse cat. She's mouse... Let's dive the RPG. <laughs> I'm like, what's the order again? What's the order again? Damn it. I'm going to do it again. Uh, you're going to do it. I'm just, I'm just start holding this up for there you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> for the people that can't see, he's holding up a version of the game on this. Yeah. Mouse, she's got cucumber. Um, uh, Mechanical Corners is the place that. Did I mention there was a prequel comic strip for Mouse? Yes. She's called The Adventures of Con uh, uh, Kaiser Cucumber. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then there's going to be a, there's, did I mention that there's going to be an action comic of that, that we're going to republish those as a animated comic? You didn't. Like a motion like, comic. Well, you have now. Yeah. So we're doing a motion comic of that. And so that all takes place in Mechanical Corners, which is the universe of Mouse, Cheese, Cat, Cucumbers. And uh, the micro RPG is um, a heist. It's you play as um, uh, the citizens of Mechanical Corners are just like Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. There are either um, animal, minion, or foodstuffs. Okay. Those are the three choices. And so you will get to be one of those and so forth and whatnot. And you will be avoiding the uh, Mechanical Corners constabulary. Yeah. So a Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber, MCCC is 1300 in roman numerals and so there's a lot and so mechanical corners there's that mcc again and you'll see this over and repeated all over the place and uh, you know, like anywhere we could fit that, that okay. shit, and we did <laughs> so yeah so mechanical corners is mouse cheese got cucumber yeah, or mccc and so forth and one up um yeah cool. so in it you have a little band 
And it has a couple of interesting mechanics uh, about cooperation. And um, at the end of the heist, the person who wins uh, the most um, like favor tokens, and they're done a different way, but just to try to use universal terms, will get to narrate how he or she or they uh, double cross the entire group and uh, walk away with the 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 loot from their heist okay so yeah so it's a heist with a twist okay does that so, make sense nick it makes, I... it makes it makes a little bit of sense i i'm i'm old i could be stroking out at any time you just gotta <laughs> say seppy stop blinking my left eye why is it just the left eye why is it just the left eye <laughs> <laughs> no you are good i was just okay. i was just trying to track it's like okay is he still talking about the card game or is he talking about this other thing and it's like, the micro I RPG. It. I got it. I got it. It's the micro. It's RPG. the micro RPG. Yes. Yeah, and it has advanced modes that uses the the cards from Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber for that, okay. and even the basic mode does use them as those favorite tokens. Yeah. So that good. that should be definitely be fun. Let's switch gears real quick and talk about Sobranti. I like you said gears. There are gears in, in Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Sobranti. Am I pronouncing it's... that right? No. Pronounce it for me. <laughs> That's how it's spelled. That's yeah, how it's spelled. It's sovereignty. Oh, shh. I knew that. I was just testing you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you got good. it. Hey, you win. You, you pronounced it right. <laughs> I did. Thank you. I love the testing. So sovereignty is uh, like an online um, board game thing where you can play on your computers and stuff, right? Yeah. it's uh, You can play it on, better yet, on your phone or your tablet. And right. instead of having Discord or Zoom, it's built in. Right. And it's all rules enforced. So... You need to have a game uh, while you sit and wait for your line in the COVID booster line. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> right. You can have, you can uh, do that. Or, you know, for dinner, you're like, you can play uh, uh, anywhere. Uh, a lot of the game the companies have games on there. Um, yeah. No. How many of you your guys' games are on there? Uh, Hedgehog Cop and Mouse Cheese Cat Cucumber are on it okay. currently. Um we did this thing. Uh, Jason's local to us, Nick. Um, and he's like, hey, I really like your game, Mouse Cheese. You want to put it on the platform before the Kickstarter. And so we actually had it up on the Sovereignty platform before um, the Kickstarter. Did. And it was great. So people could play it. I'd use that now to teach it to game stores across the country. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So do fun. you know how they, how that came to be how sovereignty came like came to be a thing because obviously there's so many yeah, things no, whether it's I, I help those guys tabletop out. rpg or there's the table the the tabletop simulator or people have their individual stuff you know everybody's kind of got their system jason's um, an escapee also from software as a service uh and uh he, uh he was like hey i want you know I love board games. I love technology. I'm going to go do this thing. Right. And so he brought uh, one of his buddies, Tom, along. And uh, yeah, they made the platform with this idea that they, uh, I think it started originally, they wanted to make it as a VR something, but VR rendering of really right. like detailed things, it, we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, and so the amount of copy that you can put on like is, way less than you think for a vr headset item and so they had to switch and then they ended up being so still they wanted to do it in unity 
still they wanted it to be rules enforced and so um they wanted to make board gaming accessible to everybody right and it's great like the number one thing that people who aren't gamers don't like about games is having to learn new rules yeah and it's not the learning that's the problem is it's the asking about learning or seeing seeming feeling or seeming dumb because they don't know what's going on yeah so if you've got any non-gamers in your life and uh, want to convert them to gamers, that is the first hurdle to overcome. Like, you know, yeah. Or some people are like ugly competitors. That could be the other reason. Right, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but normally it's uh, fear of seem, see, see, seeming or feeling dumb. Right. That is the number one reason that people don't uh, embrace gaming. Yeah, definitely. And I understand like, when I when somebody pulls out a new board game and they go, I got this game I want to play, and you and like for me, if I see it's still sealed, I'm like, learn how to play it first, and then come show me. Yeah, so that's the great thing about the sovereignty platform; it knows how to play the game. Right. It tells you what you're supposed to doing on your turn. So even if you don't know as you're at, at the beginning of the game, by the end of your first play, if that's a better way for you to learn, you can do it that way. Yeah. So. Like you can't learn as you play with Tabletopia or TTS, right? right? Those are all sandboxes, and you know you. Uh, it's hard to do with board game arena, right. uh, but yeah, sovereignty. It tells you. It's like oh, okay, and you know with the touch screen, it's 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 easier for some folks. Right, and there's. Do you, are you planning on having other games go on there? Yeah, I would like, first of all, the solo modes for mouse cheese, I think would look great on the platform. Their implementation of mouse cheese massively uh, exceeded my expectations. It's great. Um, there's a little bit of brain melt as per, per whatever. And so uh, your first game of mouse cheese, expect things to go horribly wrong because you won't realize the ramifications of your actions. And then <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So this gives people a really quick, easy way to play a game, try it out, not worry about the rules, see what happens and learn as you play. Right. So if you're a visual learner rather than a listen to learner, this could be the, a, a way to give you a, a gateway to a lot of types of games. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I ended up getting it. I think um, a person that we both know that you know we know and my wife knows had gotten a card from one of the conventions that you guys all were at and was like, here, try this, try this platform out. And so threw it on there and it's like, oh, this is going to be kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah. If so you're, 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 if your uh, viewers would like a code to try out the entire Sovereignty Library for free, let me know. Oh. And I will give you a code after and you can post it. Okay. And then they, all they have to do is find it and then they, it opens up the entire library. And it has, like, if you have not gotten to play local uh, guy, Adam Rayburg's Planet Unknown, you should play it. It's fantastic. It has not shipped from China yet. Um, and I think, or maybe it just has, right? Uh, he's been one of those people who's been trapped in the perpetual uh, sea of terrible logistics from the last two years. Um, uh, but that game is fantastic. It's it has the feeling of terraforming Mars meets Tetris. Right. It's good. Nice. I love how, how a lot of game designers, it's, it's not super cutthroat. Like you guys all kind of like 
you go to the conventions and you see each other and when somebody comes out with something really cool, you're like, oh, your game is really awesome. That's really cool. And I see, you know, obviously you do social media and like you're showing you're, it's not all about you. It's about gaming in general. And I think that's really awesome. We've had uh, uh, Patrick Leader on and Jeff Tidball, who you mentioned earlier. And it's like the amount of support that game designers give to each other is something that you don't really see in a lot of under, other industries. And I think it's so freaking awesome when you sit there and go, hey, like you just said, you were talking about this other person's game and promoting it. You don't have to do that, but you do because games, are... rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, it, and exactly that phrase. One thing that really shocked me, and one of the things I love about uh, being a game designer is participating with other publishers and other game designers. I did not realize that this community existed and how welcoming and how helpful everybody wants to be with each other. Right. Um, especially in the Twin Cities. The Twin Cities is a little different too. Like even our game stores get along. Like gaming culture is more about getting along than not here. Right. There are other places where a little bit more cutthroat. Uh, but um, yeah, no, like it's uh, Twin Cities is a fantastic place to make games. Um, when people talk about, and if you have never been to a convention or you don't go to conventions regularly, uh, there's a term called your con family. Right. And your con family is a real thing. Like, especially after years of like, I might see these people like four to six times in a year. I have friends from way back when or whatever. I don't see that many times in a year. Right. Right. Like, and, and let alone, I saw them and then we hung out for the an entire weekend this many times a year. And like it creates real le legitimate bonds. Then suddenly we also are going through things like, um, you know, I'm missing bags. Anybody going to help me out? And right. then, yeah, you're like, hey, I got bags for you. Yeah. Oh, I oh, something happened with my table. Oh, you know, I didn't get a room like and 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 uh, people. My backers have really helped us. Right. right. And. Uh, my publishing friends have really helped us. Our games, Bob and I wouldn't have a game company if it wasn't for the five fans and the other publishers in the, the Twin Cities, so flat right. out. It just not would not be possible. And you uh, you mentioned Bob and he- Bob. You want to you tell us a little bit about the, like how he fits in to the, uh, the Fighting Unbox started with four people. Mm -hmm. um, and then everybody who's been a, a partner at one time in Fighting Unbox has uh, exploded into success in their other areas of their life. Nigel from Muse on Minis uh, ended up, he started with one of us, then he ended up starting Muse on Minis and then had too much time and ended up going. Ryan was a partner at one time. Uh, Mel, who was a graphic designer for, she ended up going up to Chip Theory. Uh, Bob uh, was doing video work professionally and then decided he wanted to start a game store. And so he started Tower Games. Mm -hmm. um, and now that, you know, it, he he's finally turned that ship around. Like, it was a struggle for the first couple of owners, but, um, you know, they loved it and they built a great community. And on top right. of that thing, Bob has managed to make, like, a business that supports his family, which is, you know, it's not easy. Like, right. running a game store is not easy. But so, yes, so it's Bob and myself and um, now currently and then uh yeah and so that should tell anybody out there support your local gaming store if you have a local little store that sells board games or comic books or 
you know, even little individual video games, it's local support them and help them out because they're trying to get by and give you things that are awesome and fun. Yeah, no. And uh, we have some great game stores in the twin cities from the source to games by James is actually are fantastic too. Uh, Those guys are uh, a big supporters. Jacob Thull is just an amazing person. Um, And he is a huge proponent of local game designers um, and teaching his staff to help people into games. And then, you know, of course, Bob store is fantastic. Right. Um, right. It's yeah. It's a premium, it's a premium gaming shopping experience. Um, Yeah. It's absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, other you know, like gamers down out in Cambridge, and uh, yeah, these yeah. are all great places. Level up, K and the level ups. Yeah, these are all just great places to. They all have their own communities, and mm-hmm. definitely. So yeah, check out local gaming stores and people. Uh, Seppi, you are all over social media. Am I? You are all over oh, social no. media. I'm so uh, sorry. I think I see you more than anything on TikTok with your TikTok videos, which are always fun. I, I love seeing the different conventions and different things you go to. And every once in a while, I'll see a video and I'll be like, hey, I know that guy. Hey, I know that guy too. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, whether it's you you doing something silly with one of the, the filters or showing a convention or other or their other game stuff, it's a lot of fun. So, uh and it's a lot of work. You and I talked about this off stream before we started recording that TikTok videos are not easy to just sit there and come up with them constantly. Uh, there's some people who are native to it. For some people, it's easy, uh, but not 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 for me. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah. The, yeah, but the people but the people who are doing it, like killing it, like Danny Sandering, uh, Grant Lion from Grant's Game Rex, uh, Easy Cat. Um, these people put a lot of time in the craft of being able to do them, but also into indiv- uh, individual time doing them. Right. Like four it's hours a, a day. Job. Yeah. It's, it's no, it's, it's yeah, no. And they're killing it. Like they're treating it like it's thing. Like the, this three minutes with me or this one minute with me is different. Like, yeah, I like to try to say something not dumb in eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, if you knew how many times I was like, I'm going to record this thing that just promotes the next show. And it's like, all right, take 67, delete, take. I'm like, well, I pronounced this wrong, but I'm pretty sure I got the, I'm pretty sure I said cheese, cat, mouse, cucumber, but I'm going to leave it in there because I'm yeah, sick of you, making these videos. It. And you, it's you, funny that I get it wrong. So Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> the TikTok is, you know, it's about the algorithm. Um, the reason that I did it uh, is because um marketing adulting just like rebooting marketing adulting um what ends up being such a real thing every year is there are more and more people making games and that is better for gaming uh but that means that uh it's not only about the quality of the game that you're making it is about uh promotionally if you can stand out in a sea of people talking about their games like if 4,000 games got published in like 2020, like, and more got published last year. Right. That's crazy. And my game is one of the smaller boxes in those. Right. Well, right? that's marketing right there. I mean, you got all these big giant boxes and some, you know, 15 year old like, kids. Like I've only got 20 ever, bucks. I've only got 20 bucks to buy a board game. I'll get like, hedgehog can, up. There we go. Can you bench press two gloom haven simultaneously? I don't know if you can. <laughs> really heavy. <laughs> really heavy. Uh, uh, yeah. So you were at I'm... Fight in the Box on 
Facebook, well, backslash Fight in the Box, at Fight in the Box on Twitter, at Fight in the Box on TikTok, at Fight in the Box on Instagram. You are like yeah, a shit. all a, one word, all one no word. letter, you know, no, all under, it's all place. fight in a box, one word. Yeah, the, yeah, that's uh, that's where I am in all those places. Uh, TikTok has been, the thing is, that the, the, uh, I, I got to do two a day because the algorithm and because right. I promised that I was going to do that. Um, and we have content different based on the day. Like Monday is let's make a game. Wednesday is world building Wednesday. Uh, Friday is story Friday. And so that's what I do. And then um, we fill in sort of moments in the game designer's life. And then a lot of gaming philosophy. I go on board gaming walks because I'm old and that's what you do for excitement. You go on walks. <laughs> And I think about board games because that's what you do when you're a game designer. So I put the two together and then I'm like, okay. And so that's the thing. Um, when you get your mind of, going and your body going. And by the time you get back, you got a new board game planned out. It's a thing. It's <laughs> absolutely. And so um, a lot of components I, you know, I discussed like as a publisher, I, I have a slightly different engagement. So lots of stuff about dice. Lots yes. of stick because people love talking about dice. They I do. dice trap people on they a regular do. basis. Hey, look at these dice. Look at these I dice. know. I don't I don't get it. Uh my oh. wife, my my uh my wife was talking about it. She goes, Yeah, talking about me. She goes, Yeah, Nick, you've had the same set bag of dice for 20 years that you've been using. It's like I'm yep. I'm not gonna name names, but I'm gonna tell you a secret. Uh oh. All right. Okay. I'm listening. At PAX one of the dice companies had a secret booth for high rollers. What? Seriously? Yeah. If wow. you need to know how much you need to spend with that company on one set of dice to get into the high rollers tent, then that wasn't for you. There was a secret booth. Wow. One of the, yeah, no, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. That's so cool. People can, people can spend money on dice like you like their art objects now, like they're made out of things and other kinds of stuff. Like one of the dice people made dice out of tungsten simply because it's the heaviest like per volume metal that you're allowed to buy. Jesus. That's so crazy. dice is a real thing. Like I know, that's dice like. And I know we've got you a lot would... of listeners and viewers that are going to be like, oh, my God, how much money do I need to spend? Yeah, no, like, don't spend it anymore. Is, it You've got a room a... full of dice. No, you don't need like, more. No, like there's <laughs> no dice are a thing. Like uh, dice are. are a thing. It is. And so, it yeah, is. no, it's a secret. Yeah. Like, well, I want to thank you for sticking around and joining with us um, later after the podcast. We'll get some to some Q&A for the people here in our live stream. So Seppi, thanks for joining us and hanging out and, and chatting. It's been a blast. I think we've done too more too much laughing as it is. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. I, I want Holly to come up and slap you in the back and your face will stick that way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen listening, uh, January 24th, we're going to have New York Times bestselling author Delilah S. Dawson uh, she wrote the Blood series. She's done a bunch of books for Star Wars, Hellboy, the Shadow series, and Tales of Pell. So that's January 24th. February 7th, Audible, Hall of Famer, audiobook narrator, and winner of multiple Audible Awards or audio awards, uh, Luke Daniels. He has over 450 audiobooks, including books 
from some of our previous guests, such as, uh, such as, oh, I, I'm having, I'm having a hard time, Seppi. Lots of books, including <laughs> books from, including books from Kevin Hearn and Justin Leslie, uh, as well as we just mentioned, Delilah S. Dawson. Not only that, but speaking of Luke Daniels, one of the series he narrates is written by our February 21st guest. His name is Scott Mayer. He is most well-known for his Wizard 2.0 series and The Authorities, but he also has done work in stand-up comedy and written for comic books such as Dark Horse Comics. So that is going to be February 21st. So stick around and listen for all of those episodes. Make sure you download our podcast and rate and review them to help get more eyes on us and more eyes on our guests like Seppi Yoon here. Um, so thank you all very much. I appreciate you all for being here. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you for listening to Epic Realms. Well, there you are. I hope you enjoyed yourselves, and I do hope that you come back and join us again for Epic Realms. Epic Realms.